So as I was recording, there was one item that I just thought was hilarious and I had to put in the show. I'm making it the cold open just because I want you guys to look it up as the intro's playing. The intro's like 45 seconds to a minute or whatever. And you guys can then get into the show. But I thought it was so hilarious. So apparently a fan. Don't know if this is real or not. I've been trying to look this up. I've seen this her on social media. Um, there's no one like discrediting her. Um, but her name was Jesse Davin, and like she was, she claims that like NXT was using like stock footage of her from when she was at the Thunderdome. Because you know now NXT has their own version of the Thunderdome. They have the still you know uh, gate up or whatever. It looks cool. You know it's a uh, it's a pretty cool set. You know, and, like, she was saying how, like, hold on a second. How am I in the crowd when I'm watching AEW Dynamite right now? Now, she could have been doing both. You know, she, she, she could have two TVs. There's a one point in time in my place I stayed at, I literally had a TV in front of me and a TV on the left-hand side of me. But once again, the TV was, like, in front of her face or whatever. But she was claiming that they used stock footage. I thought that was hilarious. I don't know if that's real or not. If it is, I'm all for it. <laughs> You know, because if you think about it, it's it's really smart business on WWE. Why wouldn't they use stock footage? If you have a good fan who was and you you get different reports, some fans say they're directed to cheer and boo. Some fans say they don't direct them. Either way, it doesn't matter. If you get a good fan that does what you want them to do and they react when they want you to react and they can take that footage, which they own. Because I'm pretty sure you... Uh, I have not tried to sign up for Thunderdome. I do not have any interest in signing up for Thunderdome. But I'm pretty sure WWE owns that, that footage of you being on there, right? Why wouldn't you take that and manipulate it to whatever you need when you just don't have any good applicants to fit your Thunderdome? Think about that. That's freaking genius. It's hilarious that this person ended up catching it, if this is true. But... It, why wouldn't they do it? Now, if this is true, it's going to be a while before they do that because people are, there are some people who do the Monday Night War thing. They flip back and forth between both NXT and AEW. Some people just watch one and then they watch the other. You know, so I just thought that was hilarious. I had to add that into the show. I said, you know what? I'll just make it the cold open and, um, and then they'll, they they can look it up all they want to, and then they can get, get into the intro. So enjoy the show. Um, I'm doing a top ten of the first moments on WWE SmackDown on Fox. I do some critiques, so some people won't be happy. We get some, some New Japan news, AEW news, SmackDown news. Check it out, guys. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. Uh, today, we're going to just talk about wrestling. 
And I've made a decision, and we'll we'll see how it works for the first month. And if it becomes too much, then I'll mix the shows again. But I'm finding it harder and harder to transition from like the entertainment side. Well, I guess it's all entertainment side, all entertainment. But to but to like transition it from like wrestling to comic book stuff, it's not hard. But it it just doesn't flow as well, in my opinion. Like when like to me, the last couple of days, I've been recording some more content, and I had some people, a lot of people, um, who downloaded the show. I appreciate that. And they had a bunch of complaints about how I did the AEW top 10. And they said, well, what about Fox? What about Fox and SmackDown? And I quite frankly thought SmackDown has been underwhelming until August. That's when Roman Reigns came back. Well, I did do a top 10 moments. I did do some critiques as well. But I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that at the end of the show. So when you hear me when you hear me, I actually recorded that like today is Saturday. I recorded that on like Thursday, and my initial plan was to put that out on Monday. Excuse me, Wednesday of next week. Uh, so that have been you know episode seven or whatever, whatever. And so um, I say, you know what I did because I also recorded the boys' review as well. I say, you know what this this, this won't go together. Um, and I and I really don't want to mix them. It's just gonna be too weird, you know. Just too much being thrown at you. Just take it all in at one time. And I think what really helped was me. I really enjoyed recording the AEW top ten, and it was just kind of like, all right, it's just one focus, you know. So from here on out, I will drop two episodes every week. Monday's show will be the wrestling show, uh, and uh, Wednesday's show will be entertainment. So. It could be about, it will more than likely be about comic books and rumors with comic books and stuff like that. So, um, that's how it's going to be. We're going to see how it goes for the next month, because uh, I have a ton of content. I have the boys review, I have Justice League, the animated series review, uh, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes review. All that stuff is already recorded and in the can. i just been trying to figure out a way to put it out, you know, and I already was kind of like, all right, what do I do? But it, it felt so natural when I just recorded the boys, and I was like, all right, cool, that just, that just fit, so anyway, so yeah, so today, if you're listening today, it's Monday, it will be the wrestling, by the time you hear this, it'll be Monday, um, and this will be strictly a wrestling show, and so, and I did record that top 10, that will be after this, uh, so it's gonna be, uh, me talking about just what's happened this week, and what I want to talk about, and, um, then you'll hear a transition, uh, the DJ will scratch the track and, uh, you'll get to that top 10. So this, this show will be a little bit longer. I think, I think we've been doing good. You know, I haven't heard any complaints about time. I know before, uh, and once again, it was a lot, as much as a much different show. Um, we were going an hour and a half, two hours talking about nothing. Uh, but I've, I've, I've been, I think timing, timing is good when shows are an hour, they're an hour for a reason, you know? So, but anyways, I do have some big news. Um, and I was going to wait to fix the glitch that's in the system before the two, I announced it. But because so many people have been downloading, and, and I know Amazon Music isn't exactly what people use all the time, we are officially on Google Play. We are on uh, Amazon Music. We are back on iHeartRadio. We are on Spotify, which I'm really excited about. I know so many people listen to other platforms. Um, and, and I should have wrote this down because we're on one more. So, But here's the, here's the glitch. So, they they need time, and I believe it's going to be like two weeks to a month, to fix it to where uh, the R, the old RSS feed, they're going to kick out 
why repent and we'll do it again and put i see things a little differently but for right now if you want to check us out on spotify or iHeartRadio, just type in why repent and we'll do it again you're going to see the logo you're going to see the woman with the nsf shirt on it you're going to see that and then on the bottom of it you're going to see you say i see things a little differently it's definitely the show um i've looked at it myself i'm actually going to go on my instagram at never silver spoon fed and put the uh the uh the link from spotify on there but i'm really excited because i know we we really had a ton of fans on iHeartRadio, um and, and now we're we're back on iHeartRadio and spotify and google play and amazon music and this is there's another one i'm missing um there's another one I'm missing, but uh, we'll get to uh, I'll put it in the description because as I'm recording this, I can't remember. But as I'm writing the description, I'll put all of them that's, that we're currently on. I'll even leave the links in there. So you can go, you can go pretty much anywhere now, down, download it, um, and, and it'll be just fine. So anyways, let's get, let's get to today's show. We're going to start with AEW, and I'm going to do AEW for the first stretch, and then the last stretch will be WWE instead of doing WWE then AEW, and then we go to the top 10 SmackDown. To me, that makes no sense. So let's keep it all fluent. Um, but this week in AEW, I really enjoyed their one-year anniversary show, even though technically I know some people did uh, correct me. This week wasn't technically their year anniversary. It was the week before. I know, but it's, it's when they're celebrating it. So it's all that really matters, <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah, so, 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 so to me, it doesn't really matter just because it's when they're celebrating it so anyways i did your enjoy the year did year long show um and i guess smackdown tried to counter with their air quote season premiere it was all right um but as far as, as far as i'm concerned the big big news that came out of aew was let's start with the number one contenders tournament now i've already been on record saying i believe kenny omega is going to be the next aew champion he's gonna be the next one to take the title from uh uh john moxley now Here's why I think it's interesting, right? We know the contender, number one contender at full gear. He's not winning. I'm looking forward to the match, but he's not winning. I'll get to that in a second. So when does Kenny Omega win the championship, in my opinion? Do you give John Moxley the first year-long title run in AEW history and he doesn't lose it until Revolution, the same pay-per-view he won it at? Or is he going to lose on a, 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 a match on Dynamite? Because after full full uh, full gear there is no more pay-per-views the rest of this year so i'm very curious about that but anyways let's get to this tournament so in the first round you will have the lucha brothers facing each other off they will have facing against each other you have ray phoenix and pentagon i know his name is different now then you have kenny omega versus joey janela then you will have colt cabana versus hangman page and then you have wardlow versus jungle boy to me this is probably the most see-through for for me at least, and I, and I'm and this doesn't mean it's gonna be a bad thing, and I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I just think this is the most see through tournament I've ever seen in my in my life. If some people would say the old King of the Ring tournaments were see through, I in the early years, I want to say, all right, so Bret the Bret Hart one was obvious, the Owen Hart one was obvious, just because of the way they were pushing them at the time, but '95 I don't think anyone saw Mabel getting that '96. Yeah, actually, I guess you could say you saw Steve Austin coming, uh, even though, as legend has it, it was supposed to be differently. Um, but this one, to me, is so see-through. There's no way that this is not set up for a Hangman Adam Page final with Kenny Omega. 
They're on different sides of the bra- on the t- on the brackets on the tournament. And like, look at Joey Janelle's not being Kenny Omega. To me, the Lucha Brothers kind of want each other off. So let's say I'm gonna pick Ray Phoenix to win. He's gonna be so exhausted. Kenny Omega's just gonna pick it. And it's not gonna be in the same night. But I mean, like, it's just this is this is just so World Over's Jungle Boy. You could do a a a, a good you know. A, a good feel, a feel good moment, and like have uh, Jungle Boy like roll up Warlow. That's fine, but to me this sets up for first of all Kenny Omega win. I'm calling that, and then a Kenny Omega Hangman Page final. That's gonna leave it to where once Kenny Omega wins that championship, th- there's no way he's not going to Hangman Page afterwards. Which is what I've been saying. But to me, this is, this is going to be a fun tournament. The finals happen at Full Gear. And I just think it's setting up for a Kenny Omega Hangman page. Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't see anyone else that can challenge John Moxley between, uh, besides those two. Um, so anyways, uh, AEW Dynamite. Let's get to that. Uh, the TNT title match. This was interesting. Now, I don't know what I missed. And I've been watching other people's reviews as well. No one's kind of mentioned it. When did they determine Darby Allen was the number one contender for a TNT title? And how did he become number one contender for a TNT title? I know they do the, the, the rankings and stuff. Um, and I was trying to look up. I saw the, the regular rankings and, you know, that's whatever. But I, I was a little confused by that. Um, and then, to me, the most interesting thing about the Cody-Orange Cassidy match was, one, it went to a time limit draw, which helps, which protects... Cody and Orange Cassidy. Two, Orange Cassidy did the funniest E-Honda chops I've ever seen in my life, which was hilarious. But to me, not only did you protect him, but to me, you you kind of... And maybe I'm looking too, too much into this. I think I am for sure. Something about Cody's body language, like, hold on. I just beat, went through a war to get this championship back, and I can't beat Orange Cassidy. Even though he was, he's respect for him, there, there has to be something in your mind that says, dude, I just beat one of the biggest and baddest dudes in this company, in this industry, and I couldn't beat Orch Cassidy? And to me, I don't know, I think he'll turn coming soon, dude. And to me, that TNT championship is going right to Darby Allin at full gear. There's no way it does not go to Darby Allin at full gear, in my opinion. He's gonna get, he's finally going to get that win over, uh, over, over Cody, and that's going to be the antithesis to the, to the heel turn, because he won't be able to beat, because he's going to try to get his belt back, and he won't be able to beat Darby, and I'm telling you right now, because I don't, this, to me, this came out of nowhere, and I've been looking up, how did Darby Allen even qualify for the number one contendership for TNT, and I'm not seeing anything, so to me, this, this, to me, this, I have to believe Darby Allen's getting that belt, uh, at full gear, um, uh, Tony Schiavone and Britt Baker just are, that is, <laughs> I have to think they're both liking it, loving it. Um, it does put Britt Brit Baker's a natural hero. And um, I know she did an interview this week saying how she needs the fans' help and how um, the women, as the women's divi- division evolves in AEW, they can't be the having, they can't have the lowest ratings on the, all that other stuff. And I will say this: their women's championship match this week did not help. I'm a fan of both Sheeta and uh, Big Swole. But there was it was it was a lot of botches in that. Now I do think because in my opinion, I think you need to work with a lot of this. And because the division's so small, I guess you don't want to give away too many matches. But that's what you have dark for. 
and yeah, I get it. Dark is on. Uh, uh, I mean, dark is not, dark is on YouTube, but the people that watch Dark don't necessarily watch Dynamite. So I think you could still kind of build some chemistry with these with all these women because it was just really botch filled, and I didn't enjoy it personally. Um, and I'm not one. And once again, there's no doubt their their women's division needs help, but I'm not one of these people that's constantly just bashing them about it though. You know what I'm saying? Um, but to me, this this skit like. I don't know who's taking that bell off Sheeta next. I would think if there's a working relationship with NWA, I would think Thunder Rose is getting that belt next. You know, but I don't. I, I don't know how. I don't know how that's gonna work. But um, to me personally, I just think that this just keeps her in the limelight. And obviously, I don't think she's fully healed yet or ready to go yet. I mean, she might be ready to go, but if she's fully healed, it's a different story. Um, but I enjoyed this spa day they had, and it was fun. And she complained about how Tony wasn't there for her and all this other stuff. And he said, dude, I got super kicked. <laughs> you know, which is just, that was just hilarious to me. But um, I enjoyed this, you know. To me, this was an overall enjoyable show. And even the end, like, uh, I know Moxley and Archer used some of their uh, uh, same spots from their New Japan match, like the double arm DDT through both tables. Um, but to me, it was... Um, it was still a good match, still a good brawl. They beat the hell out of each other. That's always fun. Um, but the end was a thing that was really important. You had the Lucha Brothers out there with Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's giving John Moxley his props and telling him, hey, hey, you know, I've known this man for years, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, there's a spinning backhand and then chokes out Moxley. Even though he lost clean, it's clear he's the number one contender. He claims he never tapped out, which he didn't. He, he just passed out. Same thing he did to John Moxley here, but still a pass out to pass out. You know, um, but um, I, I I did enjoy this. You know, um, to me overall, I think this is a really strong show of AEW, and I don't know. I, I just I, I they did a good job of setting everything up for full gear, um, and even if I think even if I think it's telegraphed for me, I could be completely wrong here, and maybe Jungle Boy goes all the way. I. <laughs> I just don't see that. This doesn't feel like the time for a good, uh, a feel-good story. I don't know why I keep getting that wrong. I don't know if this is the time for that type of story. This feels like the time for the cleaner and Kenny, Kenny and Kenny Omega. That's what it feels like, me personally. But it turned out, that feels like that. Cody Rhodes, him, him, he didn't lose, but I'm telling you, man, that, that, that to me, that sets up perfectly for Darby Allen to get that TNT championship at full gear. And I'm hoping there's more people in the crowd in Florida. Well, if it's safe, I'm hoping there's more people in the crowd because those people are going to go nuts when Darby Allen wins that championship. And I hope more people can actually see it. So, um, yeah, that's what, that's all I have for AEW today. Uh, I, I, that's all I, I just feel like those are the main things to hit on. I do agree with Britt. If that women's division is going to evolve, it can't they can't have the lowest ratings they can't because they get time you know i just think they need better chemistry and and that will come with time that will come with matches and also they lost they lost they lost a big piece with matter of fact well we're getting to some new japan news next so uh let's let that we'll get to some new japan news next and um i just i just really feel like yeah let's let, let me get to that give me one second <laughs> Now, before we get into WWE, 
this is kind of AEW news. It's more New Japan news, but it, if it because of a the pandemic, uh, AEW had to make a, a move that has now led to, I guess, a blessing in disguise. So, Bea Priestley, um, if you guys don't know her, she's um, she she hasn't been on TV. I want to say since January, because she's been stuck in the UK um, due to pandemic. And so AEW let her out of her contract. I believe she asked because AEW has not released anybody because of budget cuts or anything. So I believe she asked because she knew she couldn't come over. Uh, first of all, spoiler alert that this is, you know, if you haven't seen a G1 Climax. But uh, this is Will Ospreay's real life girlfriend. And she made her New Japan debut. And she made a debut with Will Ospreay turning heel. Uh, he, he defeated Okada in a, in, a, in a, their one-on-one match, and he turned heel. He w- he went outside, kissed her, rolled back in, gave uh, Okada a devastating elbow. I forgot the name of it. I forgot what he calls it. Um, and then he uh, <laughs> he went heel. So um, I'm actually going to review the entire New Japan G1 on a different thing. I, I just just doing it every week. I just uh. I'll just do it all at once. I might just do the finals, actually. But uh, in order for... Uh, the last thing I'll say on it is, in, or, in order for Osprey to win Block A, he needs some help. So it's kind of like a football thing, if you guys watch that, uh, where it's week 17, 18. I think it's 18 weeks now. And you need to win, and two teams need to lose in order for you to get into playoffs. That's how he is right now. So just figured you guys would enjoy that bit of news. Uh, Bea Priestley is now in New Japan with her boyfriend. So... Very interesting there. Um, let's go to AEW first. I mean, excuse me, NXT first. Um, the, the two things I only want to talk about is this. Halloween Havoc, they're setting this up beautifully, in my opinion. And it feels like this is going to be like their version of Clash of the Titans that WCW had. And for those of you who don't remember or don't know, Clash of Titans used to be like what WCW would do. If it, it, it was always a big pay-per-view feel, especially when WCW was at their hottest. It it just felt so important, but it wasn't a pay-per-view. It was just like a regular show. It would come on Tuesdays, and they would have big matches on it. I believe Clash of Titans is where... um, Clash of Titans. (laughs) Clash of Champions. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's a movie. I I kept saying Clash of Titans. Clash of Champions. I believe that's where... uh, I remember one match where it was Luger and DDP versus the NWO. Uh, Luger was blind and got blinded somehow and ended up torch-racking DDP. They lost lost to the NWO. Another one, I believe, Clash of Champions, is where Scott Hall went heel uh, on Kevin Nash. He turned his back on on the Wolfpack. Um, So anyways, the point is, Clash of Champions... Uh, was always a big deal when, especially when they were at their, even before they went, before they were at their hottest. It, it was just, it, it just was, it always just felt different, you know. It just always felt different. That's my, my note. Sorry guys. Um, it just, it just always felt different. You no, know, it's always promoted different as well. Um, and that's what it looks like they're doing with Halloween Havoc. It, simply, I mean, even though I, in your house was actual pay per view, this isn't a pay per view. You know, this is, you know, it just feels like. That's how they're treating it, though. Just very important with the matches, and and the the thing I want to talk about is the Garganos. They 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 earn their rematch. <laughs> earn their rematches is uh, being nice. They they cheated their way back into the rematches. Indy Hartwell helped Candice LeRae 
defeat Shotzi Blackheart. By the way, Shotzi Blackheart is uh, hosting uh, Halloween Havoc. Um, but to me, I want to say this. They have to win this. And I said this last week. I know people don't like when they play hot potato with the championships. The Garganos have to win this. They just absolutely have to. Even if it's just to make history and then they pull a Sasha Banks or they pull a Johnny Gargano and lose the belts the next month, um, they have to win this. I just don't see another time, especially now that the NXT's women's division is stacked again. Tony Storm is back on NXT. She made her uh, debut back like, this week. And, and you have Ember Moon back. Uh, and you have two former NXT women's champions there. You know, I believe Tony Storm is the first NXT UK champion. You know, so women's champion. Um, so you, I think this is the time to pull the trigger on the Gargano power trip and give them both the belts. You're not, I mean, and let's be honest, depending on Finn Balor's status, you might get a chance to pull the Chris Jericho here. I'm sure they're going to find out by the time uh, Halloween Havoc hits, but I could only imagine if, let's say if Finn Balor can't go and he has to forfeit the championship, and you could hypothetically do a Jericho where Balor forfeits it at Halloween Havoc, they put it up in the match, and then they have a mystery opponent. Candice can win her match, Johnny loses, but then Johnny can come out because he's the mystery person or the last person anyone would think would do it, and then he can come out and win. Um, to me, that's that's more than likely a scenario. F Finn Balor can't go. It depends on he's a, he's a broken jaw in two different places. I can only imagine the kind of pain that is. You know, those two, him and O'Reilly, beat the living hell out of each other, uh, which is probably not advisable anymore, I guess, right? Um, but yeah, those are the only things I really want to talk about. I thought NXT was another strong show as well. They did a good job of building, and uh, the only way, <laughs> I will I will say this, the way the Gargano's will get their matches is spin the wheel, make a deal. Boy, oh boy, uh, you gotta love Triple H being a historian. That has not been seen since the WWE. Well, WWE had their own version of it. It was like when they were, whenever they were in Vegas, they would spin the wheel, and it was more of a gambler's thing. But spin the wheel, make a deal was definitely a WCW thing. So I'm keeping giving credit to WCW. Um, WWE gets enough credit for everything. Um, and yeah, I'm not talking about Raw. Raw, I didn't find it to be interesting at all. The one thing I will bring up that's about Raw, it's been reported by several outlets, what K, uh, Wade Keller, uh, Meltzer, that reportedly the reason why we have not seen Raw Underground is because reportedly Raw Underground is done. Um, RIP, I guess, if this is true. Um, I didn't enjoy the concept. I, I, I didn't get the concept. I didn't get where it was going. Uh, and I, I just didn't fully understand it, I guess. Um, but also at the same time, when I watch entertainment now, I fully recognize that some things just aren't for my liking and some things aren't around me. You know, like I was having a conversation with Alone in the Dark and, uh, I guess someone was complaining about uh, the Kamala Khan. Uh, they've officially casted who's gonna play Kamala Khan in the upcoming Disney series, Disney Plus series. And uh, someone was complaining in the comments. He's on Reddit all the time. I'm never on there. And it's like, dude, that's not for your demographic. You know what I'm saying? Now, Marvel f- fans will, hardcore fans will watch it, but 
if you don't want to watch a team, like to me personally, the only reason I watch the Runaways on Hulu is because I'm a Marvel fan. But I could have gone without watching teenagers on a television show that are gonna make teenage mistakes. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things where it's just not for your demographic, you know. And so maybe it just wasn't for my demographic, uh, this raw underground, because I never understood it. Um, so yeah, I'm not talking about raw. I will say this, but one thing about raw math, I'm lying. Ali did cut a hell of a promo. Um, and to me, as of right now, everything he's done is justified. He's been more screwed over than anybody in that group. Being off the road for seven months, he was not hurt. They just didn't know how to use him. Then when they brought him back, uh, he was main event. Um, and, and, oh yeah, and to the guy who called him a terrorist, that, don't be an idiot. That, that's just idiot. That's just, just rude. I mean, um, but yeah, I just he cut a hell of a promo. But Rogers doesn't do it for me a lot of times. But SmackDown has been on point. Uh, the New Day did win their final match together. They had an emotional promo. Um, and it, to me, obviously, it was real. Those guys love each other. Those guys came up together. Uh, even though Kofi had already been there, those guys really, uh, they came up together, in my opinion. Like, I'm pretty sure Kofi, if you ask him, he had a ton of championships before. He, I'm sure he could care less besides this last five, six years with the New Day. So, um, that was good to see. Um... Speaking of Raw Underground, Braun Strowman, his very last night on SmackDown, how he, how or why he was getting a Universal Championship match, I don't know. I don't understand. Uh, this was a means to an end, I guess, but they could have used someone else um, to do this. But then again, it, it, I, I have a question here. What do you do with Braun Strowman? Well, now he's on Raw. I'm assuming he's going face. Because they have no faces on Raw right now. Unless they turn AJ Styles' uh, face. But right now, I'm looking. You have Drew McIntyre. The Hurt Business are not faces. Just because they fight Retribution does not mean they're faces. Um, Asuka's a face. There's not many, you know. But anyways, the point is... So, Reigns and Strowman had a match. It wasn't one of their better ones. They've had better. Um, and Reigns wins with like a, a, with a front rear choke. He chokes him out. So my first thought was he choked out this guy. This guy was just on Raw Underground. I know it's done. We're not supposed to remember that. He was just on Raw Underground knocking people out. He gets choked out. What do you do with Braun Strowman? Now, in full disclosure, I've never been a fan of Braun Strowman. Um, even when he was at his hottest, something just felt off. Like to me... I think they've done. I think they've done such a poor job of making the big man feel important, and this that's sad saying because this is WWE. You know, to me, and once again, I know this is a once in a lifetime moment when, with when you have big men and 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 they have these monster pushes. I'm thinking about Kane. I'm thinking about the Undertaker, stuff like that, right? Where they just know how to make an impact. To me, Braun always felt. People thought Roman Reigns was forced. I always felt like Braun Strowman was forced. But then they heard him by him kept losing championships. And then when he did win the championship, it was, let's be honest, it was manufactured because Roman Reigns went home. So I don't know what you do with Braun Strowman right now. This man just got choked out. Now, I get it. Reigns is supposed to be the new Brock. He's just there all the time. Um, but I, I, I don't get it. You know, you had gold in the sky. At one point in time, like two years ago, Strowman and Rollins were the hottest things on Raw. 
and they need those champion and, and and they need those championships to justify them for that in my opinion people just get tired of seeing, well Rollins is a different story Rollins talked talked himself into a heel role but Strowman just kept he, he lost his way into it and he you can't blame him he's not booking um so anyways but the, to me i wrote this down because i want to ask that question and see if you guys have any answers because i don't have any but more importantly what reigns and jay so this is i'm just loving everything about this reigns Heyman connection the feud with him and jay boy oh boy and, and you know i've, I've read something because naomi's actually in on raw and her husband jimmy is on smackdown now right as of right now there's no traveling so it doesn't really freaking matter um but when they do start traveling, I wonder how that's going to work because all the couples are pretty much together, you know. So I wonder how that's going to work. And, and and I read something in uh in in, in Meltzer's uh, newsletter. It said that uh, as of right now the plan is to not break up the Usos. They I hope not. They just broke up almost every tag team except for the tag team champions on both brands. Um, and even then they technically broke up the tag team champions from from one brand. It just happens that that's a faction of three. Um. But I'm interested to see how that goes. Jay has proven to be a great underdog, even though he's back to the tag team ranks out of this. Honestly, if they want to, they could give him an Air Cottonelle championship run from this. He, oh my goodness, he, this is the biggest push of his career, obviously. And him and Reigns have done a great job. Obviously, it helps that these guys are cousins, they're best friends. So it's obviously probably fun for both of them. Reigns, after the match, after he choked Braun out, he was just abusing Braun with a chair. He see he was begging for Jay to come down. He said, Look here, I will stop when you come. And when Jay got in the ring, he said, Look here, do not have this match. I love you. Do not have this match. I'll give you a free shot now. You take your shot and you walk away. But you do not get the match. Uh he put the chair down, turned his back. Jay didn't use it. Reigns turned around, got a punch to the face and super kicked. Then uh, Jay picked the chair up and said, you love me, Oos? Well, I love you, too. And he, he started beating him down with a chair. And then the referees essentially helped Reigns because they were holding Jay back. Reigns gets up. Superman punches. Jay knocks him out. And the, then the uh, back to the ominous Roman Reigns, which I love, he just kept saying to himself, that was your last chance. Now, only thing that's left is consequences. And to me... Paul Heyman has the same facial expressions he had with Brock Lesnar. But to me, because Brock has been pushed so strong since he defeated the Undertaker at WrestleMania many, many years ago, I would say seven years ago, eight years ago, something like that, um, sometimes it's just not believable. With this, it's very believable because to me, it just it's maybe it helps that he's a full-time performer. And he's on the show all the time. Brock shouldn't be on the show all the time. We know that. But I think it just helps. Especially the story helps, too. The story really helps me. Just, you see, you see Paul Heyman kind of shake his head. He's, and, he's, and I never feel like he's worried about Reigns. I feel like he's like more like, I know what this guy's going to do when he gets up. <laughs> you know? Um, but to me, those are two questions I have after this. One, where are these consequences besides bloody murder for Jey Uso? And two, what do you do with Braun Strowman? And I'm interested because I feel, even though I'm not a fan, I, I feel bad for the guy because he was being pushed, but pushed to a limit. And that's just, that sucks. So, 
Um, the other thing that happened was Sasha Banks and Bailey had a contract signing that didn't turn into a fight. Uh, Bailey, the match is not technically official because Bailey refused to sign the contract. But Sasha Banks had a great line here where she said, "I am Sasha Banks. My name is bigger than your title." I was like, "That's a good line. That's a great line." Uh, and so there's no way Sasha's not winning this championship at Hell in a Cell. Um, I just don't think you have her lose. Uh, and and see, here's the thing also. Last year, she had, I think, the, obviously, she had the best Hell in a Cell because last year's Hell in a Cell was with the men was crap. But her and Becky had a hell of a Hell in a Cell match last year, and she lost. And that, to me, was like their feud was cut short to me. And Sasha was doing great heel work. Now, they weren't planning on taking that belt off her until Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania, obviously. And then that that changed plans when she had, got pregnant. But, um, to me, she can't lose this match. And even though there's no fans in the building, I'm pretty sure Bailey's time has run out. Now, if, if they could find some way, and I am not an advocate. Now, I am an advocate of if Bailey can then change the match type from Hell in a Cell. Say, nah, we're just going to do a regular match. If you want if you want shot at this, you get a regular match. And then she somehow attacks her before the match and then really puts her out, which I know they're not going to do. Then yeah, but if you do Hell in a Cell, Bailey has nowhere to run, and she's got to lose this championship. And I just really think they should have held off to WrestleMania. This could have made events at WrestleMania, in my opinion. And and they're gonna have fans in the building at WrestleMania. However, however many fans it's gonna be thousands of fans, you know. Um, but anyways, that's that's really unfortunate. But this was a decent contract signing. I did like what Sasha said. Yeah, I like the, and I like the fact that it didn't go as usual. I like the fact that she's being like Bailey's being run down, and Bailey's like, I have the power here. I'm a champion. Like, think about that. Look at any other sport, right? The champion usually has the advantage. Think about it. In boxing, Floyd Mayweather did it for years. Now, in fairness, I'm pretty sure it was done to him too. You know, he would make people go through certain testing, blah, blah, blah. And when people would complain, say he was scared, he said, no. When I had to, when I was coming up and I had to fight De- Oscar De La Hoya, he made me go through so many rounds of different testing and to, to get the match. He wouldn't sign any contract until I did that. That's just fair. Bottom line. So it's good that she's just not being a dumb heel and saying, well, you know, this is this is wrestling logic. Do, 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 and sign it. No, she signed it. She didn't sign it. So, um, One last note on SmackDown. I know it's been a lot of Roman Reigns and Rock talking and uh, back and forth by a potential match. And obviously the only thing that's ever been in the way of Rock doing a match is, bottom line, uh... His, his movie career. And so with Black Adam being pushed back, there seems there may be an opening, but there's no way Rock's going to come to a WrestleMania to put over Roman Reigns, because that's what he's doing. He's, he's coming in to put Reigns over. But he's not going to come with only 5,000 fans in the seats. You know, for as much as WrestleMania is going to have fans, who knows how many... Now, like I said, like we all know this is right now, that, that the Florida governor has reopened the entire state of Florida. And he's saying that the Dolphins could have 76,000 fans, 75,000 fans. That's a lot of mother e- efforts. Um, but if there is that many people that can get into WrestleMania and actually go to WrestleMania, then sure, Rock's going to put them over in front of that many people. But let's say if something happens between now and WrestleMania and they can only have 5,000, 10,000 fans in there, which is still a lot of people for a pandemic, um, I just don't think that 
I, I just don't think that, uh, the, the best way I can put it is, I just don't think he's going to see that as good enough to put his cousin over or good enough for the rock to show up. And why not? I'm pretty sure he looks at that as he looks at his Hollywood career right now. Oh, this script isn't good. Oh, I have no, I don't have any say. Oh, you only want to pay me half a million dollars, blah, blah, blah. These are, these are things you need to build up to get him to even show interest in your project, you know. And 5,000 fans is not interesting to put over. And that's a big dream match. So I don't know how it was going to go. Um, but I just don't think it's worth it. So, anyways, so that's all I got to talk about as far as the WWE. But what you're going to hear next is the, the DJ scratching the track and... Um, you're going to get my top 10 moments from SmackDown from year one on Fox. Uh, I did do some critiques. AEW did not get that. But I had more critiques of SmackDown because, in my opinion, SmackDown didn't get good until, like I said, August. Um, but that I did, I did know, there were some moments before, you know, some matches before. But to me, uh, it's more about now what's happening now. So, um, DJ Scratch That Track. Look here, everybody. Welcome to I See Things a Little Differently. And I'm doing this show because I had a lot of people mad at me. Boy, oh boy, did the AEW haters come out, man. I got message after message about it's been a year on Fox. What about the WWE SmackDown year on Fox? How you do it? First of all, WWE going back to network television is not a big deal. It was never a big deal, in my opinion. The big deal was the billion dollars they got. That was it. Especially with the product being as cold as it was and still kind of is. Um, that was the biggest surprise. That was the news. The news, it didn't do, it didn't matter. But I'm going to do this because I do have the time this week. Um, and I will put this out. So episode six will be out on Monday. This will be episode seven. Um, but... Uh, I'm going to do a top 10, but I'm going to do something different here. And, and you guys aren't going to like it, but it's it's fine. You guys, Once again, I enjoy the, 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 the criticism. I enjoy the, the debate or whatever you guys feel you need to do. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, you know, um, and this is just mine. But either way, to me, AEW is more important as an alternative in this country because I get it. Some people need the full experience. Like, I actually haven't listened to wrestling with the commentary on doesn't matter what company it is in a very long time. The last time I went out of my way to listen to the commentary was the Kofi Kingston-Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania 35. Because I wanted to hear every moment. I wanted to feel that crowd. And it was electrifying, you know. Um, I'm getting goosebumps now even just talking about it. But, yeah, that is the lesson listen to commentary. Some people, that's why I get why some people tell me I can't watch New Japan. Because they don't know what they're saying. Me, personally... I don't need the commentary anymore. I, it was a point in my in my fandom, I needed the commentary. Now I just don't. And that's because I've gone two to three years with some really bad commentary, like the rest of you guys. And just, it, it, it doesn't do anything. It, it doesn't enhance. It takes away for, for me. So I just put it on mute. And the first, time, first few times I did, it was... It was weird because the only times I've gone without listening to commentary have been when I'm actually at a show. 
But because I haven't gone to so many... Dude, like I said, like when I went to the Royal Rumble this year, that was because it was the Royal Rumble. But I avoid WWE uh, shows like it's a freaking plague, dude. So it's just one of those... I did go to, to a, my first AEW show this year, too. But once again, it's just... It is what it is. But anyways, I'm going to do this show of the top 10 moments, but I'm going to do something different. Um, I'm going to critique some of this stuff, too, because some... This, dude, let's be honest. There's been a lot of bad stuff on SmackDown. A lot of bad stuff on SmackDown. Um, see, the way I see SmackDown is like a, a fledgling football team. And I'm not going to use... We can use the Jets. Let's use the New York Jets here. Um, they'll have... Like, more recently, since the Roman Reigns turn, since SummerSlam, to me, SmackDown has been very much watchable. Uh, not perfect, but no show is perfect. Um, but I'll say for the last two months, I've enjoyed it. But before then, they will get one win, lose three games in a row. They'll get two wins in a row, lose five games in a row. It was just not an enjoyable show. It was very bad. Um, but out of all this, I did get ten moments, ten slash moments, slash matches in no particular order. And I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm going to critique some of this stuff, too, because some of this stuff isn't all good. You know, like... The first thing I wrote down was The Rock giving Becky Lynch the rub on the first episode of SmackDown on, on Fox. Like, to me, that first episode, even though it did over 2 million viewers, was more our curiosity because that show sucked. The Rock could have done more than call Baron Corbin, what did he call him? Like a, He didn't call him Hermaphrodite, he called Kevin Kelly that. It was a transvestite. It was stupid. I did like that he gave Becky Lynch the rub and that her... She's already a big star, but The Rock then standing toe-to-toe with her and being in the ring because they just battered Baron Corbin, to me, was just even more important for her. Even though she did need it, it's nice when those those legends, those future Hall of Famers and Hall of Famers do do those kind of things. And because Rock does it so seldomly, um, it's just one of those things where it, it, it makes it even more important, I guess. Um but to me, and I haven't heard the Eric Bischoff show yet. Um, I don't usually listen to Eric, usually listen to Eric Bischoff. You're gonna hear a noise here. But um, he did say I saw an excerpt, and he said where he felt the Rock could have been used better. And I do agree. I think for uh, it to be for this to be a big deal, I think they could have used the Rock. Not set up a match or anything. Like if you put him in main events because you're setting up a match. I don't think you're going to set up a match with The Rock at this point in his career unless he fully makes the time for it. But with everything being pushed back, I think he's on like a, a, a set right now to red notice. Then he has to do, uh, I think he's in Fast and Furious 10, even though Fast and Furious 9 hasn't dropped. But I believe they're still shooting Fast and Furious 10 next year. He still has a Black Adam thing going on. But you, I think you could have just done more. But I get why they did what they did. They wanted to make sure they gave Becky Lynch the rub. So to me, that was a good moment. But still, it was kind of marked because I thought they could have done a little bit more. Um, but that's one for me. Two has been the Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman stuff. Ever since he came back, Roman Reigns has, to me, it reminds me of FCW all over again. In the early stages of NXT all over again when he was a heel. And yeah, he wore different trunks and all that other stuff. Um, he barely talked, but when he did, it meant something to me. This is the same thing. And now you paired him up with the ultimate bad guy. If you look at it, him and Brock Lesnar really, they're the same guy, essentially. Just one Samoa and the other's white. 
you know, um, they both beat Neartager at WrestleMania. Uh, they both just, they both dominated when they're around. You know, the only reason Roman Reigns was kept from the Universal Championship in that feud with Baron Corbin that lasted forever, late last year into early this year, is because they were saving him for WrestleMania. For that spear versus spear thing where Goldberg was going to put him over um, until he went home, which he wisely did. But everything about this, I've, I've been. This is what I've looked forward to every week on SmackDown, whether it's just him talking or him just giving a warning to Jay. This is gonna be good, and I don't know who they're pairing him up with at WrestleMania now that Bray Wyatt is on Raw. Um, the betting favorite right now is Big E. Um, Big E has a long way to go, a long way to go, and. And we all, and since they're gonna let, we all know that now that the floor is letting fans back in, they're 100% open. We're gonna see a lot. We're gonna see if fans can get behind Big E like they did Kofi Kingston, and um, that's gonna be huge. If they if they're able to get the fans behind Big E, I think that can do him some wonders. Um, him getting that Universal Championship next year at WrestleMania. But right now, it seems it, it seems like everyone's raving about Big E getting this match. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be a good match. It's going to be... I don't know about great. Um, I would dare say I think it can be great because I don't think either one of them have many limitations. Um, and Big E is very good for uh, a, a guy his size. Um, I, I think it all comes down to the crowd reaction. And if Vince McMahon sees money in Big E... Uh, people do forget Big E is a former Intercontinental Champion. Um, uh, so, we'll see. But yeah, that's number two for me. I mean, once again, this is no, in no order. This is how I just wrote them down. Um, number three, what, what I wrote down was the Intercontinental Championship Finals between freaking uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. And um, now that I'm saying this, because I was drawing a blank on so many, now I'm going to do, my number My number eight is going to change. But anyways, um, to me, that finals was really good. I was stunned they gave it away on free TV um, and not the pay-per-view. But um, I thought it was a really good match. Uh, AJ Styles getting the Air Cottonell Championship. I think the only belt that eludes him is tag team titles. And he's already said, hey, I would love to have Finn Balor be my partner for that. Um Depends on if Finn Balor wants to go into the main roster. I mean, he's been treated so well in NXT. The second go-around as well, I don't know why you want to leave. Um, but to me personally, if I'm looking at the main roster right now, of people who make sense for him to team out with, especially now that Luke and uh, Carl, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are away, Finn Balor sounds like it's not a bad idea. Uh, but once again, you have to get him out of NXT and... I know some people want him to go back to the main roster, but do we really want that? Do we really want that? I don't know if I want that for him. You know, but um, that match was really good. Not surprised they gave it away. But um, I, I know at the time Daniel Bryan was helping, working on the creative team. And I do know a lot of people that he named the the, the, the week after when he was presenting AJ Styles with the Intercontinental Championship have gotten some uh, more time. They all did wrestle AJ. You know, whether it was, I don't think Big E wrestled him, but Grand Metalik wrestled him. You know, uh, Drew Gulak wrestled him. So, um, that was really good. Um, but number four, anything with the Bailey, anything with Bailey and Sasha, with them becoming the two women power trip, holding all of the gold. Um, I think they're the first women to do that, and the only women to do that. Um, uh, everything with them, 
and so so that's so where I say everything with them, I mean everything including the heel turn. Well, <laughs> Bailey was already healed, but even her turning her back on her best friend. Um, to me, Bailey talking trash to Michael Cole during the entire time. Uh, Bailey is she's breaking records. Now I said something last week, and I found out the real stat. She's not 500 days as this in this current run. She's 500 days combined. So she just reached 365 days as of last Sunday. And so either way, it's over a year, which is amazing to think about. Her and Becky Lynch have, they crossed, crisscrossed. So if you think about it, the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships have really been contained to these two women in 2019 and 2020. You know, except Becky Becky Lynch's title reign lasts over 400 days. And then she ended up giving it up. She didn't actually lose it. So imagine when she comes back, and who knows when that's going to be. She's got to have the kid first, and then she's probably going to want some time. I'm I'm thinking late 2021, I can see her coming back. Um, with, I don't know. And that's the thing also. Will it be a full-time schedule? I don't know. But by then, more people will be in the buildings. The, wherever, wherever she returns, that place is going to go bananas. Um, but if you think about how consistent those women's championships have been it's really amazing she's gonna lose it at hell in a cell but we'll get into that when uh hell in a cell time comes um but everything with bailey and sasha have written down number four number five the fiend gives the mandible claw to alexa bliss to me that was just a it was a surprising moment and it was a great moment and it's now leading to whatever is going on i don't know where this is leading to um I have no clue where this is leading to. Um, I would love to say this is leading to another WWE championship match for him and a a title run, but I don't know because the rumor has been for a while that they're going to put this belt on uh, on Randy Orton to put the belt on edge. Um, And and so I don't, I don't know, but here's the thing also that I find interesting. And I I don't see, I I haven't really, I don't listen to many podcasts and I'm getting off topic here a little bit, but I think, uh, I think you guys will enjoy this. Like, I remember I read something like two weeks, two months ago, excuse me. And I remember vividly um, this because it, it was so weird. So a lot of people are currently wondering why Otis still has money in a bank briefcase, right? Well, I read something that I believe, it wasn't Meltzer. I believe it was Wade Keller reported it. That the original plan before Roman Reigns went home was to... Put the belt on him at WrestleMania, and then one month later, have Baron Corbin get the shock win and win the Universal Championship. And then Reigns was going to put him over twice, so two times in a row. And then once Baron Corbin vanquished Reigns, Otis would then surprisingly win Money in the Bank, and that would lead to the same night he vanquishes Roman Reigns. Reigns, out of just anger that he couldn't beat him, spears Corbin three, four times. This would obviously happen at Money in the Bank. And that same night, Otis would then cash in Money in the Bank. And Otis was supposedly supposed to get a Universal Championship run. Um, and to me, even when Otis did win it, like, but obviously by this time, those plans had to be out the window. So why they still went with Otis winning is just because Vince McMahon likes him. Here's my thing about that whole situation, right? First of all, that I find it to be fascinating that Otis would get a championship run when they struggled to give 
wrestlers like Dolph Ziggler a championship run. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, to me, that just shows how much he's liked by Vince McMahon, which is crazy because he doesn't have a body. He's an entertaining guy, but I just, it's just, I'm off topic, but I just thought that was interesting. Actually, technically I'm not because it's SmackDown, right? Um, but yeah, to me, that, that, I don't know where they're going with this, but to me, once Alexa Bliss was shown in that, uh, what was that match called? That, it wasn't a backlap brawl, I'm thinking WrestleMania 12, Jesus Christ. Whatever that match they call it, with the Swamp Fight or whatever, um, once they showed her there, she's been stuck in the middle of this, and now Braun is on Raw, I believe, and then now, and she's, or he's on SmackDown, excuse me, now Fiend, the Fiend's on Raw, and they're together, and I just don't know where this is going, this is very fascinating to me, though, but when he gave her the memorable call, I remember my phone blew up, I didn't see it live, I actually was doing something else, whatever the bleep it was, and all of a sudden my phone, I get like, 30 messages in a row, like text messages, not like, not nothing for on Instagram, nothing like that, like text messages, did you see what the Fiend did, see what Fiend did, Fiend, yeah, I was like, no, and I waited, um, like 20 minutes, and then I went to YouTube, and I saw it, and I was like, holy crap, where is this going, um, we still don't know, but that was, to me, a great moment, number six, uh, the Big E push, this is kind of court, uh, this just kind of just coordinates with number two, uh, where they they would they're all in now, all to in my opinion they're all in on Biggie. They split the New Day, um, and I understand why they did it. Like here's the thing: if you see Biggie with New Day, you're gonna want that goofy guy. You see Biggie on his own, you're gonna see a fucking uh, monster truck coming your way. You better get off the freaking tracks. And um, I'm fascinated. And I, I really do, I'm tearing out, I really do hope, and I don't know when they're going to let fans back in, I'm assuming, this is just me, <laughs> I'm going to give too much credit here, I'm personally assuming they're going to wait till the Royal Rumble to get fans back in there. Now, when I say fans, I don't mean friends of friends, family of friends, whatever the bleep, I mean actual fans, I mean thousands of people, because right now, I believe the Dolphins... And Tampa Bay can have up to 75,000 people. That's a lot of people in one place right now with COVID. But once again, Miami's been a hotbed this entire time. The governor's probably said, F it. I'm probably out on my way out anyway. Get these people back to work. Get my economy back up and running. Can't blame them. No one knows what they're doing here. I, I, I'm not going to judge anybody. Do I want to live there? Not right now. No, no. But I'm sure that their economy's going to be back up and running Hopefully no one gets, hopefully no one else dies. Hopefully things just get, continue to get better and better and better. I know we had some states uh, that, that had some, some highs, but you know, I don't think, I know normal, normal, normality will come back to, to us eventually, but I'm assuming they won't have fans back in until the Royal Rumble, a lot of fans, you know, um, so we're going to see uh, right now, like I said, he is the betting favorites. A lot of people are choosing Big E to win the Royal Rumble. And we'll, we will soon see. So, to me, the Big E singles push, especially after that match he just had with Sheamus on SmackDown, that was an amazing fight. I'm looking, I'm, so, we'll, we'll see. Number seven, speaking of Otis, the Otis and Mandy Rose storyline. It sucks that the writer who started this process, I believe Mandy Rose went to Vince McMahon, she said, and with the idea, but the writer who was the one really behind most of this art um, was furloughed and slash fired earlier this year because of the cuts. Um, this whole thing, 
I really wish they would have gotten a payoff with fans. My God, that place. I was in. I was in Houston for the Royal Rumble when Mandy Rose got eliminated. Air quotes. And all of a sudden, the crowd just goes crazy. I was on. So it happened on. I don't even know what side I was on. So I'm gonna say the the, the right hand side. But I wasn't on the side where Otis was waiting there for her to, for him to catch her or for him to her to lay out lay on him right. So I was on the right side of that, and all of a sudden, all you hear is these claps, and people are going freaking crazy. And all of a sudden, I look at the, I look up at the big screen. All you see is Otis's face. Yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> and then once everybody saw it, it, just went. I don't know how it came off on TV. As a matter of fact, what I may do tonight is go to the WWE Network and actually watch. Um, that Royal Rumble, because that was actually two good Royal Rumbles, um, and, and what I may do is watch it and see it in here, because I never actually watched it back, um, but oh my goodness, that place was loud, the, 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 I would say that was loud, and I would say the, I would say it was second to when Drew McIntyre, Claymore, uh, Brock Lesnar out of the, uh, the Royal Rumble match, the men's, but, um, to me, that was great. The payoff happened. That was great. I just wish fans would have been in the building. That sucks so bad, but it, it's it's a lost year for that type of stuff, man. Same way I wish fans were in the audience when Keith Lee won uh, it's his first world championship in NXT. That kind of uh, sucked as well. But anyways, number eight, I did originally have the rise of Sonya Deville. So, so I'm going to leave her as an honorable mention. Um, cause her rise got cut short because of some crazy person. And I know they just had a hearing about it. And, uh, um, I do wish that the, whoever that guy is, I'm not, I, even if I knew his name, I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't give him the time of day on my show, but, um, I do hope he, uh, gets locked up for a very long time so he can leave her alone. Cause clearly he had evil intentions and with Mandy Rose being there, that was definitely dangerous. Um, so I'll make her an honorable mention, but number, uh, Number eight to me has to be Sami Zayn winning his first Intercontinental Championship. I know it didn't happen on SmackDown, but to me, the Artist Collective happened on SmackDown, and that's what's that's when I'm making number eight right now. Um, having three people that had really nothing to do, and how you find nothing for Cesaro, and he constantly just he constantly just makes gold out of this uh, crap you give him is amazing. The, whether it's the bar, whether it's him picking up Big Show and winning the Andre Giant Battle Royal, he, him facing Cena in the U.S. Open title challenge, uh, finding something for him and Shinsuke to do um, was amazing. I, I was glad Sami Zayn had a chance to really shine in it and um, get that belt. Like I, said, I know that, that match didn't happen, but the artist collective coming together happened on SmackDown. So that will be my number eight. But like I said, an honorable mention to Sonya Deville. Uh, the rise of Sonya Deville, even though it got cut short, um, I'm truly believing bigger things will happen for her when she returns, and she needs to be ready to return, and she probably is going to have to move, and who knows how, how much information gets leaked, where she's going to live and stuff, I'm pretty sure she's wanting more people coming to her house like that, so, um, anyways, number nine, uh, this, this goes with the number, with number six, uh, New Day splitting up, um, uh, to me, that's a big moment, um, I don't think people realize, I think we, as we, we're so, here's the thing, I call this the hot take era in the world we live in. We're so busy giving hot takes, we're so busy, in my opinion, not appreciating greatness. That's why I had to give a big shout out to to LeBron James. I just enjoy good things. I don't know if he's a good person. He could be a terrible human being. You know, to me, 
I remember before The Last Dance came out, which is the Michael Jordan documentary, I remember Michael Jordan in an interview, and I I actually didn't watch The Last Dance until it was at episode 9, and then um, I started watching on the ESPN app. Um, but I remember Michael Jordan did an interview, and he said, I'm not going to come off well in this. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> he came off horribly. Um, sometimes he makes you, sometimes people like that make you question what is the cause of success? And to me, I just think we're so big on, uh, whether it's a Skip Bayless or Steve Naismith, we're so enamored and so infatuated with giving our perspective and our hot take that we, we don't enjoy greatness. And to me, even though I didn't grow up a Jordan fan, and I was very much a Shaq fan, as I said before, I still enjoy watching him play. You know, it was just that when he played against Shaq, I was like, I want him to lose, you know? But think about the era, the era of we're in. We're in the era of heroes. Why can't you just enjoy an MC movie? Why does it have to be DC versus Marvel? You know, we're in we're in the era of LeBron James. 17 years this guy is still going. Tom Brady, 20-something. Is he 19 years or 20 years? I know Breeze is 20 years in the NFL. So Breeze and and and, and uh and Brady. Just just I think we just need to enjoy greatness. And to me, I've enjoyed every minute of this stable coming together. And I remember when Xavier Woods was in TNA. When I still watch TNA, Xavier Woods was in there. He was Austin Creed. He was a former tag team champion uh, with R-Truth. Like, for me, I've always enjoyed his work. You know, I didn't enjoy anything about Big E until he got with New Day. To me, Big E always was just, just like, out of place. He was with AJ Lee and Dolph Ziggler when Dolph won the world championship. I never fully understood that move. I guess it was supposed to be him getting the rub, but that always felt weird to me. Um, that whole, that whole group felt weird, but, um, then Biggie got to, he starts seeing his personality, seeing that he is a likable guy, but you also see that he's a freaking monster, and think about the, the matches these guys have had, those dudes had a classic, I don't know where you would rank it, if I, I, I would need to do a whole show and actually sit down and rank those Hell in a Cell matches they've had, I believe it's only been about 30 or whatever, which is that hard to do, but, um, it would be a long show, but um, to me, that match with the Usos, in a losing effort, they beat the hell out of each other. Uh, the feud they had with the Usos, that's that's definitely their greatest rival. And I know some people are not happy with what just happened on Raw. With um, and I'll talk about more on the show. I mean, by the time you hear this, I I will have talked about it. But um, I'm, so I won't. Matter of fact, I won't say because I know I'm gonna talk about it on the show. But um, the New Day splitting up number nine. That. It's an important moment, man. We 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 should. I know people got tired, but look at what we saw. We saw nine. Excuse me, no, no. Technically ten tag team championships. Right now they're eleven time tag team champions as a group, but I don't think Big E is a part of the eleventh. I think it's just the New Day version of Kofi and uh, Xavier. I don't know how that lineage is gonna work. Um, me personally, I'm more all for them just saying he's a tag team champion as well. They just can't interchange him anymore. Uh, the people that wrestle, but technical. But if we're gonna be technical, he he's gotten ten tag team championships out of this. I think the only other team to have more is Harlem Heat, and I, I don't think they have more. I think I think Harlem Heat has eleven. Um, a reign of dominance for the last five years. They broke Demolition's record. Uh. 
just we just need to enjoy the greatness that is. You know, Kofi Kingston getting a WWE championship out of it. Kofi Kingston being WWE champion while Xavier Woods and Biggie win the tag team titles. <laughs> you know, they're obviously one of the most profitable groups of all time. They sold a ton of merchandise. They they should be proud and and the story has yet to be written on Big E's single career. Kofi Kingston will go into Hall of Famer twice. Uh, it's in the Hall of Fame twice. Or actually three times. Because usually a pro wrestling Hall of Fame likes to honor people too. And I know it doesn't get as much buzz. Uh, but to me it's just as important, if not more important, than WWE. Because I've never heard of anyone turning down the pro wrestling Hall of Fame. Like Honky Tonk Man, his first time. he Yeah, sure. But obviously, you know... I'm sure when they sign those contracts to go to the Hall of Fame, they, they got to do certain things and certain press tours. They got to say certain things. I believe it was in Medusa's contract that she had to take the, the Women's Championship out of the trash can, um, which is just weird. It's 20 years old, dude. Get over yourself. Um, but Xavier Woods is going to go in as a Hall of Famer with a new date, right? Which is no shame in that. But uh, Biggie has a chance to go into the Hall of Fame two or three times as well, which I know doesn't mean anything to people. But I'm just saying, it just it's cool to see this. Let's just be honest, this black group get over, you know. And they did it despite early. Uh, and I know I've I've heard their their interview and talk is Jericho happened a couple years, a few years, a few years ago now. And I know Xavier was just kind of making fun of people. He said, well, people thought we were going to be a nation of domination. That was never the plan. Well, that was never the plan to, to you guys. Do you get what I'm saying? That doesn't mean that wasn't the plan for Vince McMahon. We, we have, we've heard rumors up until this year that they wanted to make the Hurt Business like a new form of nation of domination when you have the BML movement going on right now, which is crazy to me. So let's not... Be so quick to mock the fans, the marks, whatever you want to call, whatever gets people off. You know, these rumors don't just get out because we make them up. Sometimes things, sometimes other wrestlers do it. And they and they pull a Mario Gennetti, let's just be honest. And they say whatever's out their mouth. And they say the truth sometimes. You know, and I do believe that was their first, not their idea, but I believe that was creative, a.k.a. Vincent Man's first idea. So, uh, we, 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 we witnessed the end of an era. But I hope you guys appreciated their greatness while they were here, because we got some gems from them, not just in comedy, uh, but in matches as well. And like I said, to me, they're their greatest rivals in New Day. And one of the moments I just saw on YouTube, as a matter of fact, that I'll never forget, is when they're going through the gauntlet, which I think Vince McMahon put up to like five gauntlets, I'm exaggerating, obviously. Uh, and they're going to go through a tag team gauntlet, Xavier Woods and Big E and Kofi can't help. And... Usos come out, and the Usos say, hey, he's, he's earned our respect, and good luck, Us, because we forfeit, and that, and they were the tag team champions at the time, and then my first thought was, that was, for all the bad creative we got going up to WrestleMania 35, with the whole Becky Lynch, Charlotte thing, and, and the Kofi Kingston thing, to me, that was a jewel, that was a gem in, uh, or a diamond in the rough, so having these guys, know, having this history, and having the Usos say, they earn our respect. We ain't going to get in their way. They're not coming for our belts. Why should we care? Great writing. So I hope you guys appreciate that because I definitely did. Um, and number 10 is a match. It features Daniel Bryan again. Dude, Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. I know it came out of the, the ashes of a bad situation where people got stuck and 
Um, they had the, NXT had to pull up very last second. Um, but boy, oh boy, was this a dream match fulfilled. And uh, with Adam Cole getting the clean, of course he would get the clean one over Daniel Bryan. That's that's. I don't think Daniel Bryan even cares. But but that was a hell of a match they had as well. Um, so those are my ten right there. You know, and and, and to me, I did crit- critique some. I I didn't critique all of it, but um, to me, there were some good moments. Uh, I still would pick AEW over AEW's first year on TNT over SmackDown's first year on Fox. It, it's to me, it's hands down AEW. If we're gonna do a war thing, um, I don't want to, but if we're doing that, I just prefer that, you know. Um, but yeah, um, there's still some good moments, you know. Some things happen, people got over, but um, that's it, man. So, anyways, this went longer than I planned, but I did want to go into some details. So, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed the extra content, you whiners. Um, but yeah, that's the that's episode what seven hope you enjoy